0: Welcome to the All Things Nintendo Podcast. I'm Brian Shea from Game Informer, and this is a weekly podcast to discuss all the biggest news and games from the world of Nintendo. As you are listening to this episode, I am out on vacation, so we are pre-recording this. So, uh, as you might assume, no news segment on this episode, but if there's any news that hit uh, between when I recorded this and when this episode comes out, rest assured we will hit it in the next news segment Uh, But we just wrapped up an extremely busy holiday season and, uh, you know, a lot of huge games came out in the last 45 to 60 days. But we have two games that have hit Switch on this same day this episode launches. So we have Super Mario RPG and Persona 5 Tactica both out now as you're listening to this and we're gonna be giving our thoughts on both of those games. Kyle Hilliard is joining me for this episode. Kyle has played Super Mario RPG 2 completion and I have played a chunk of Persona 5 Tactical. But Kyle, we went some time, we went on a pretty decent streak without having you on the show, but now we have you two times in three weeks. How are you feeling about your re-emergence on all things Nintendo? I'm happy to be here,
1: Uh, happy that you think of me. Happy to have gotten the assignment to review Super Mario RPG.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, that is a nice little tease. So we're, we're going to start right there because you yeah. played more Mario RPG than I have Persona 5 Tactica. So we're framing yours as a review, whereas mine are just impressions. So we'll kick right. it off with the review. Uh, you know, you you seem pretty excited about it coming in to last time that we had you on all things Nintendo where you were given your preview. How has the experience held up now that you've seen it all the way to the end?
1: uh fantastic i yeah i don't remember exactly what i said on the previous episode because i know it was framed more of as a preview and uh taking place around like the early part of the game but yeah i it's i i really enjoyed my time with it a lot like and and to be clear at the time of this recording because we're recording a little early i haven't written my review i haven't settled on a score yet so I, and i really don't know where i'm gonna uh sort of land with all that but um Man, it was really it's really fun to go back to. It's such a clean, straightforward RPG. It's a little bit like, you know, Baby's First RPG to a certain degree, which is why it clicked so much with me when I was young because it was like the first turn-based RPG that I really engaged with. And so like there are things that it's like it's it's pretty easy, you know, like I I actually hit the level cap on a few of the characters without really trying or going out of my way to like farm or anything like that. You don't really need to farm. I did notice that my play time came in under, like if you go to how long to beat and you look mm-hmm. at RPG, my play time was uh, like a fair bit shorter, like of like seven hours or something like that. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Which I think, and I think that's, you know, a result of just like, just the, the speed at which the game moves. And I also think, and I haven't tested this, so like don't hold me to it, but I really think that they like cleaned up the sort of trajectory of like leveling up and stuff mm. like that. Like I don't remember having to farm a lot when I was young, but like I really did not have to farm at all uh, playing this game, which is like a good thing. Like I like that about contemporary RPGs. Like one of my favorite thing things about Sea of Stars earlier this year was like I was just able to sort of stay on a trajectory and could engage with as, the fights as much as I wanted to. Like I still, you know, the recommendation for any RPG like this is like fight everybody, you know, mm-hmm. like, that's no difference here, but like, I never found myself needing to go out of my way to fight anybody. And I even went after I beat the game, I went and fought the like optional super difficult boss, which is like, I don't want to spoil. Um, but I mean, it is one of those things. It is, uh, you know, what a 20, Year old game at this point. It is the same boss.
0: More than twenty. It's like almost. It's coming up it's, on thirty.
1: Okay. I mean, yeah. I think you're right. And so, like, I, you can go look it up. But it, it that was like the hardest boss in the game, and it only took me like, I don't know, like two tries. I just had to like sort of rearrange what I had equipped and stuff like that like they were a boss that kept like putting peach to sleep who was my healer Mm -hmm. and i was like well let me just equip something that prevents her from falling asleep and then it was like it was just a matter of of getting it done but like i i i just really i just really enjoyed it it's so it's so there's the there's the rpg side of it which is like great just straightforward very understandable fun to play rpg that still uses like the the timing based Uh, attacks and defenses and stuff like that, which really make a difference. Like if you're pulling those off consistently, like you are doing so much better than when you would, if you were trying to ignore it, you know what I mean? There's so many attacks that you can take zero damage on if you do it right and stuff like that. And then the other part of it, that's so fun is like, it is absolutely a game that like, I know it came out like today at the time you're listening to this, but it's, so it's a weird statement to make, but it's like this game wouldn't come out today. (laughs) (laughs) right like there's so many things that like uh uh, 2023 nintendo would totally wag a finger at and be like "No, no 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 that that can't be in there that's not within the mario system right like that's not within the lore of mario like i think i think miyamoto once said about like I think it was one of the paper Marios or one of the Mario and Luigi's. He was like very explicit to the team. It's like, no, you can't, don't be adding like characters that exist outside of super Mario world, you know, which is why there's like so many toad, you know, NPCs and stuff like that. But in Mario RPG, there's like, full races of people that like never appeared in another mario game i think i said this last on the last episode we were talking about it that like mario can be like a jerk like if you want him to be he can say rude things like you obviously like the game never blocks you in like if you say something mean it's not going to lock you out from continuing forward progress but the fact that there's an option you know for a character to be like mario can you help us and mario can be like nah i'm busy you know, it's like it's such a like Nintendo wouldn't put up with that these days. And the thing that I really admire about the game is whoever sort of whose idea it was in Nintendo or whoever greenlit it. Like they've been weirdly secretive about the developer and stuff like that. I don't even know that Square Enix was really involved in the development. I could be totally wrong about that.
0: Yeah, but it was actually a question I had because I've been looking it up trying to see if there's any trace that Square enix has been involved with this because it was square developed back when it originally came out
1: i mean i will say like there are there are things in the game that square would have needed to sign off on you know which Mm. is like a tease for people who have never played mario rpg maybe this is the first time they're playing it but like there are square things in there that they would have had to at least looked at and been like yeah sure Mm. we'll allow it you know so Maybe I part I, of the
0: agreement to get Sora in uh, Smash <laughs> Brothers. <laughs> I run, mean, honestly,
1: so. <laughs> there might be some weird stuff that that kind of like you know, the whole um, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit making its way back to Disney as a product of uh, Epic Mickey uh, being made by Warren Spector and stuff like that. There's like all those those like weird deals that these companies make in those instances, but but I just love that like like it, it feels like out of time in a good way. And then there's like there's I think there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that they cleaned up to just make it feel like more contemporary, like just move a little better and just feel a little better and be a little more welcoming. Like I think Mario RPG is a game you can go back to. It's not it's not so dated that like I feel like Final Fantasy 6 is harder to go back to mm-hmm. than Super Mario RPG because Mario RPG is like an active, colorful, fun, not overly complicated RPG where Final Fantasy 6 is a little stiff you know and like just kind of it's it's there's a a sort of a glass that you need to break through to sort of get into that game there's still farming and stuff like that but i just i appreciate i think they made the right amount of of calls of like let's keep this weird stuff is absolutely staying we're not cutting any of this this is all in here and i'm like yes thank you thank you for not cutting any of that stuff because that's what makes mario rpg special um and then um but then to just be like just still a solid RPG and they cleaned up the little things that make it just more palatable, like is great. You know, I, so I really, I like, I don't know where I land on the score, but like really loved it and really loved revisiting it. I thought I would have had my RPG fill with sea of stars uh, earlier this year. And it's, it's funny because they cited Mario RPG heavily as like a major influence on the game. So it is Mm. funny to basically ostensibly play those games back to back because I do see the direct lines but it ended up feeling like, like, great. Like just, this was, it's so like digestible that I was like, I just had a great time going back to it. uh. So very, very positive on super Mario RPG for sure.
0: So you've done a lot of writing about sea of stars. You wrote our cover story on that, right? I did. Yeah, you, yeah. You reviewed it for us. Let's reviewed see what, it, yeah. you, you gave it a nine. You've talked about it on this podcast, but you yes. absolutely love that game. We're, we're getting into the end of year discussions just kind of, lift the the curtain up a little bit for uh the listeners and, and readers of game informer. We're starting our end-of-year discussions for like the best of the best and everything. And uh you know sea of, Stars, so <laughs> sea of Stars is one of those that keeps coming up on on multiple occasions. And I guess like how would you compare these two? Because like that is a game that is a new game that is trying for a retro aesthetic and retro mechanics. This is the kind of converse of that, where it's a retro game that is bringing it up forward into modern aesthetics.
1: Yeah. So, what's so what's your sort of main question is like? How
0: would you compare these two? If like they're they're I very mean? uh they they're, they're very similar, but kind of approaching the same target in different from different, opposite yeah. ends of the spectrum. You know.
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, Sea of Stars is the more contemporary uh embracer of modern video game lessons right if you came up to me and you're like i'm in the mood for kind of a sort of a 16-bit era or 16-bit inspired rpg i would actually say sea of stars like i think sea of stars is a better paced more interesting narrative game but super mario is like it 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 really feels like a good retelling of that original game like they i think they really they 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 made it feel modern without deleting what made it special, which is like a really hard line to walk. I do think if you've never played Mario RPG and you're kind of interested in the game, I think you would enjoy it. I don't think it's just nostalgia because I realize as I'm playing it, like the things I remember about Mario RPG, other than just like a a larger sort of umbrella affection for it was like, I remember the beginning and I remember the end. And it turns out I really did not remember a lot of the in-between. Like it felt so new to me that I was like, I think, I think like even newcomers, I think would have a good, if I'm having so much fun with this and really not remembering hardly any of this, I'm sure uh, newcomers would have a good time too.
0: Yeah. I mean, I am one of those newcomers and I'm having a good time with it so far. Again, like when I was a kid, I only played kind of that intro sequence at a friend's house and thought this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life and then never owned the game. So it's like, if you don't own an RPG, it's kind of hard to to get through it. Like I could go to a friend's house and beat like, mario or something but like
1: it's like doing you that know, with you, an
0: rpg is a taller task
1: like renting a game at blockbuster and it's like yeah. oh if i get it next week maybe that might be my save file will still be there
0: <laughs> we'll oh see. my god the anxiety that existed around that <laughs> of yeah. like i hope nobody else picked up this copy of a link to the past and deleted my save
1: yeah, yeah definitely they, they, anymore.
0: they did they did delete it <laughs> <laughs> um but you, you use the phrase baby's first rpg and I think that applies to a pretty wide collection of role-playing games from this era. Mm. So it's funny because I feel like there are two buckets. There's either Baby's First RPG or this is for experts only, (laughs) like from this era anyway. Sure, And my favorite Baby's First RPG is always going to be like Pokemon Red Blue. And uh, where would you put that on the spectrum when compared to Pokemon Red and Blue for like, okay, this is like Baby's First RPG in terms of like approachability, in terms of like this is something you you realistically could come into this as your first entry point in the genre and fully get like the entire experience
1: i mean i I honestly i think mario rpg is like a better starter rpg Mm. because it is so much simpler and that's like not to detract from pokemon like the cool thing about pokemon is how many different ways you can take it you know like if there's 150 creatures each with four individual moves and classes and things like that. Like you can arrange your team in different ways. Part of the game is like the background of like trying to figure out where Pokemon are that are secret and like collecting them all. And like the core RPG part of it, you know, the, the gym badges and stuff, that's pretty straightforward, but a lot of the other stuff around it, like you can, it can get as complicated as you want it to be right. Mm -hmm. Where Mario RPG is like, you got Mario, you got two other teammates, You each have a selection of attacks. um, Get to the end of the game. You know, like, it's like, it's linear. It's a linear game. It's like, just get stronger and stronger as you fight harder characters. And then at the end, you'll beat the end boss. Right. So I think it is simpler in that way. And, you know, I don't, I'm not saying like one's better than the other or anything like that, but if you're like, truly want like the baseline, like I've never really played an RPG. I think Mario is like
0: one of the best, if not the best. And kind of playing off of that the, that comparison, you know, when Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee came out, I enjoyed a lot of what that game did, but they kind of went a little too far with the modernization of the mechanics and everything. Uh, but one thing that I was kind of less excited about was the, uh, the art style of Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. Just by the time I got to the end of it, I was like, this is just really bland and vanilla and... I, 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 let me let me dial that back because I don't I don't like the use of vanilla as a uh, as a, a, a detractor. I'll go back to bland because I'm a fan of vanilla. I put vanilla in my What's protein shakes. I don't Vanilla's know why it's a we, good flavor. I don't know why uh, we up,
1: I probably have used it. I'm so it's just a weird
0: colloquial term that we use, <laughs> yeah. but uh, really bland and. um, you know, I, I I wish that there was more to, like, more personality to the, the visuals of Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. How do you feel about the visual changes and upgrades that were made in Mario RPG? Uh, they're good. I Like, that's
1: tough because I do, I am an old person. So I do just happen to like pixel things, <laughs> you know, like, I there's no sort of getting around it, that I'm just always going to be charmed by pixel art. And, like, the Mario RPG, I mean... When you look at the characters you recognize, like Yoshi and Mario and stuff like that, they do look kind of generic. Mm -hmm. Um, These were... I could be wrong about this, but these may have been the first instance where we saw something close to a 3D version of these characters. Truly.
0: It must be, right? Because this this preceded Super, Super Mario 64.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, they weren't really... 3D per se, but like they they looked 3D and all they the 3D art. in
0: the sense of Donkey Kong Country.
1: Yes, and all the art on the box and stuff were those those 3D models that they made. Um, so like the the like I said for the recognizable characters, it does feel like a little bit of you know making it bland. But the thing about Mario RPG is that like its character designs are so strange and weird, and like I mentioned earlier, like outside the typical nintendo thing like nintendo would not be designing characters like these anymore like the, the boss characters that you fight in mario rpg are so bizarre and weird looking that like in it, it like contemporary nintendo wouldn't sign off on them like they're just too like angular and sharp and mm-hmm. threatening <laughs> you know so that that stuff all comes forward i think like the unique characters are all very charming it was also nice to see Gino in a higher resolution because I've never f- quite understood what he was supposed to look like, if that makes sense. Cause he's a doll and he's like a Pinocchio situation where he's like a doll that gets taken over by a soul. And I've like, I've never quite understood what his deal is. And that sort of 16 <laughs> that somewhere between 16 and 32 bit, like rendering, but now it's a concept now I, art of it. Yeah, I mean, but that's not in the game. You know, I never saw that when I was playing the game, really. But like now I understand that the curls on his head are like are wood scrapings, you know, and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And he's wearing like an overcoat. I will say there's another thing that I like that is it's funny because it's throwback to a the following era of RPGs after Mario RPG, is there are pre-rendered cutscenes. And like when you do big attacks and stuff like that, you get a pre-rendered cutscene that plays and like those play and, and those look really good and on a different platform other than switch like the game could have just looked like that the whole time you know <laughs> but on the other hand though it's kind of like i kind of like it as like a playstation era rpg throwback like i get this pre-rendered cutscene as a reward uh, for making it this far in the story, or I get a pre-rendered cutscene for doing this crazy attack that I've been charging up for the last seven matches, <laughs> stuff like that. You know, is fun. So, um, did the,
0: can you skip those? Or oh yeah, yeah. Okay, because like yeah. I, I, remember like I always sing the praises of Final Fantasy X, but one of the best things that Final Fantasy X, uh, HD did when they remastered that the 10 and X two. Was give you the ability to do shorter summons. Like, because those sequences were so long. It's like the first time you see it, you're like, oh, that's really awesome. Look how cool that looks. And then the 55th time that you see it, you're like, oh my God, we get it.
1: I know. You hit a point where you're like, I don't even want to use that attack because, like, I don't want to watch the cutscene. 100%. You know? But uh, no, you can absolutely play them once and then press start to skip them, which I did frequently. Uh, Absolutely.
0: Uh, how does the music sound? I know that you can bounce between the old version and the new arrangements, but, uh, which one did you end up preferring?
1: Uh, the new arrangements actually. Mm. Yeah. Which it was partially like I wanted to hear them, you know, less that I was like, I put them side by side and I was like, I prefer the new one as much as I just wanted to hear what it sounded like. But I went, I, when I did, I would often go back and i would often turn on the old soundtrack if there was like a weird song that i was like oh i don't even know how this would have sounded in the past like there was there's one area up in the clouds where like there's a woman's voice in one of the songs like that just comes through every couple of seconds where it just sings a few notes and i was like how what did that even sound like on super nintendo did that they had like a A sort of uh, a what is um, Hatsuna Miku she's like a vocaloid I was like did they have like a vocaloid effect or something and so I turned that on and I was like oh yeah it does kind of sound like a woman's voice you know so I I I did I did enjoy that option to change the music I like I said I wish the whole game had like kind of where I could look at the original visuals but I understand that's that basically would have been a different game I, but it took, they they hew so closely to that original game that it it almost it feels
0: like they could have done that you know but i mean who knows like the, the the technical uh voodoo we'll call it that a lot of developers are able to do behind the scenes is just absurd again like we referenced this in the preview episode that we did a couple of weeks ago the master chief collection or uh, more specifically halo combat evolved anniversary just giving you the ability to switch between the original Xbox and the Xbox 360 version with the press of, I think the select button Mm -hmm. that was just wizardry in my mind, because like, how did they have, they must've just had the two engines running simultaneously, which is what I believe they did say that they ended up doing.
1: Yeah. Uh, It would have been cool to have that here, but I guess I don't know how feasible that possibly could have been. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Especially, I mean, I would imagine that's probably owned wholly by square. I wonder if like that might be (laughs) a roadblock there. Cause like, Maybe i mean nintendo
1: just, published it you know and it was on the wii u virtual console
0: you know yeah, so i don't re-releasing know. a game on virtual console is very different from just having yeah. an all new game uh with like the full source code included
1: yeah no absolutely yeah yeah i have no idea how that, w- that would work but
0: where does the original stack up because it seems like you have a lot of affection for the original game yeah <sighs> how mo- where does that stack in like your favorite rpgs of all time
1: Gosh, that's a good question. Cause I'm not like the biggest RPG guy. I like, I didn't, I don't, I never, I haven't completed a lot of the final fantasies and stuff like that, but like love Chrono Trigger, love Mario RPG, uh, golden sun. I like a lot, mm-hmm. uh, sea of stars this year. I, I do like that 16 bit era. Like I am a fan of that era. Gosh, you know, I, I think I would put it below Chrono Trigger. Um, but i chrono yeah that's tough yeah i think i would put it below chrono trigger but above golden sun um and i'm not the biggest six fan i know that's the sort of the go-to is final fantasy religious yeah no hi i know um but uh I, yeah it one another sort of thinking about it that way one thing sometimes i'll play a remake of a game and it will sort of color me in the wrong direction if that makes sense where you kind of be like oh yeah this this part of the game was kind of sucked or like yeah this doesn't hold up as well i have the new visuals but it mechanically doesn't hold up as well as it used to i will say that playing the mario rpg uh, remake did did color me in the right direction where i was like i think maybe i i like this even more than i remembered mm. like because i it's just uh it's just so buttery smooth <laughs> as an <laughs> rpg that it, it really it made me reflect on it uh kindly i mean not not a hundred i'm I, I know i'm talking in these sort of like really big positive i mean it, it's not with it's not a there are flaws it's not a perfect game there are sort of dungeons that are too long or you know the time button pressing isn't as obvious as it should be for many of the attacks and stuff like that like i'm not it's not like a this perfect game that you should go out and play. But I just, I was surprised. I really kind of went into it being like, I bet I'm going to really love this in the beginning, but then over time it's going to, its flaws will kind of crop up and I'll be like, oh yeah, this, it does turn out that this is an old RPG, but I never really ultimately ended up feeling that way for the most part here and there. There were a couple little things, but overall I was like, yeah, no, this, this is still super fun.
0: So uh, getting back to that original question, top 10 RPGs of all time, you think the original Um, top 15,
1: for for me personally, and like what I what I like from RPGs, maybe just because I happen to have a lot of affection for that era. And Mario RPG, like I've said a number of times, like was the first turn based RPG I ever finished, and like mm-hmm. it made me understand what was fun about the genre where I had struggled with it previously. Um, and then you know, there's all these factors of like, well, what counts as an RPG. you know what it's like
0: it was a lot clearer defined back then right yeah
1: yeah but i i think if 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 i had to make my personal here are kyle's top 10 rpgs i think it would be top five just because of the sort of specific uh affection i have for it and how it sort of turned me onto the genre like that's kind of always going to be undeniable even if there are like better uh games you know Mm. uh like in the same way I always say Ocarina of times is always going to be my favorite game of all time because it will just no other game will ever under, unseat how important that game was to me on a personal level. Right. Well,
0: I said that and then breath of the wild came out. So, uh, you never and say I never, I guess
1: I stood strong and I still claim <laughs> Ocarina as my favorite game.
0: But, you know, like I was surprised. I thought for sure that I would never get the feeling that Ocarina gave me back in 1998 yeah. when I first played that. And then, you know, almost 30 years later, Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Lo and it. behold. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you that same question, but with relation to this remake, where yeah. does this remake rank on your favorite RPGs of 2023?
1: 2023. Oh uh, Yeah, there were a lot. Good so, year for RPGs. Yeah. Can you help, help me out a little bit? Like, so Sea of Stars I like a lot. Baldur's Gate, um, Mario RPG. Baldur's Gate is not really my style of game. Uh, okay. Admittedly, I'm just not really into choice driven CRPGs. It's just not going to be my thing. I'm totally admire that game for what it's doing, but it's just didn't click with me. I don't. I don't think there is a world where it does click with me. Um, I've been playing Star Ocean, uh, Second Story R, a little bit, and I've been enjoying that. I had no idea that was an action RPG. That like totally surprised <laughs> me. I thought I didn't. I had no idea. So I was like, oh, cool um we have uh final fantasy 16 right yeah uh that's an action game i hate to break it to you (laughs) Yeah, it is.
0: despite the final fantasy name that that's closer to devil may cry than it was like that original vision for final fantasy
1: gosh you know as i'm listing them off the big ones like a lot of the big ones this year just didn't do it for me 16 i fell off of after a couple hours starfield i fell off of after a couple of hours baldur's gate i fell off of after a couple hours so like
0: Playing a legend of heroes games. There were like three of them that came out this year. Oh uh,
1: no, yeah. I didn't, I didn't touch those though. You're good things. I mean, I think if I'm like on like uh,
0: darkest dungeon,
1: darkest dungeon. Yeah. I didn't touch that one. So I mean, in a weird Knocked way, a it, mine would probably be sea of stars and then sea of stars, then Mario RPG. And then maybe Starfield, And then maybe star ocean. If I keep going with star ocean
0: and then, you know we could have uh, had another game with if if they just kept legend of the seven stars it would have all had stars I, right in the name i right. know
1: <laughs> it is it is i guess it's the right call if they dropped that it's not like anyone ever called it by its full name and it doesn't <laughs> yeah. add anything to the game really
0: doesn't add anything uh, to anything aside from being a Square Enix title.
1: That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess like playing the game knowing that there are seven stars is helpful because you're like, okay, I've got the fourth one. I got a couple more here. I guess but if I'm not helpful. mistaken,
0: doesn't it show like seven silhouettes? In yeah, the I mean menu? they say
1: they say seven. They tell you it's seven. <laughs> but if you if it's the title of the game, then there's no forgetting at all.
0: Man, we've really almost got a full sweep of games with star in the title. Yeah but they removed it from Super Mario RPG. It
1: is so, I can't, I've, I hope maybe I'll get a chance to ask them soon, uh, but the, the it is so funny, to, the Sea of Stars. I would love to ask those folks, like like the fact that Mario RPG is such a, a like a clear inspiration for them. Like the two games that called out were Mario RPG and Chrono Trigger. Those were the mm. two main inspirations for the Sea of Stars. And it's like the game comes out and then they announced they're remaking Mario RPG is so funny. And then Star Ocean <laughs> comes out, which Sea of Stars whether intentional or not has always felt like a a play on that title, you know, even though we never really talked about star ocean when I talked to them about the game for the cover story.
0: Um, But it's funny that all three of those games all, all came out this year. (laughs) What what a weird thing. Did you uh, play chained echoes? That's the other one that I hear compared to like games uh, from that era that, that, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it is a 2023 game. It came out, I think in December of 2022. So yeah, no,
1: I downloaded it with the intention to play because I like that era of RPGs, but yeah. I, I never got around to it. And I I mean, if I'm being honest with myself, I don't I don't know that I will. But I mean, everyone who played it was very positive on it.
0: I mean, all the games that we're talking about here, aside from Starfield, are on Switch. Like I've talked about this at length about how the Switch is such a good uh platform for strategy games because there are just so many tactical RPGs on the platform but really looking at like just like kind of retro style rpgs that it's another like haven for those as well like i know we've talked about all these also there's the final fantasy pixel remasters on switch i believe it's still the only console that has those i don't think it's on playstation or xbox yet i think it's only pc and switch if i'm not mistaken
1: yeah i think you might be right about that yeah because i was looking at six i was like man should i play final fantasy six should i finally beat that game on my switch
0: Oh, never mind. Pixel Remaster is available on PlayStation. It appears. Okay. So and it uh, is.
1: It is wild. You're right that that also came out this year. You know.
0: Yeah. There's just. Oh my God. What a an unbelievable year for RPGs. But Kyle, I know my top three to five RPG list of all time. It goes Final Fantasy X, and then number two, Persona Five, one of my Royal? favorite games of all time. And we have a new spinoff that I'm going to talk about a little bit here. Dude, uh, Persona 5 Tactica. You know, this kind of follows along the lines of the other spinoffs that we've got, where it seems to completely ignore the other stuff that has come out after the original Final or uh, Persona 5. So it ignores uh, Strikers. That storyline mm-hmm. is not referenced at all, as far as I've seen so far. Again, I'm only like four or five hours deep into the story so far. Um, It does not reference any of the stuff in Royal, which is still kind of perplexing to me because... That's weird. That's a weird one. Like, like Strikers, I almost
1: understand, but Royal is surprising. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's very weird to me that none of this stuff referenced... So, like, the characters that are introduced in Royal, you just never see them in any of, like, the subsequent adventures, which... I guess makes sense because like, they're not really considered canonical. I don't think like, I think in talking to the development team and the PR people for both of those games, strikers and uh, strikers and, uh, and tactica, they've told me that like, Oh, this is just kind of like a fun spin-off story. It's not really like a, a canonical thing that happens in the world of persona five.
1: Can I, can I ask you a big persona lore question? Oh God. Yes. Do, so do, do all five games exist in the same universe I don't think so because and then there's the fighting games and they contextualize it by saying they're like
0: interdimensional is that how they kind of do it I don't know much about how they contextualize the fighting games like I got into persona through persona 5 right and then I went back and played p4g loved it and then I tried to play p3p persona 3 Portable, when it came to switch and I was like nope this is a bridge too far in terms of like going into like the way back machine and trying to like play these older games. Like persona four golden has aged like wine persona three portable has kind of aged like milk, which is why I'm so excited for persona three reload. Like I think that game, which is not coming to switch, unfortunately uh, at least not at launch. I would, I would be shocked if they did not be like, if they didn't do the whole, like what they did with persona five, where they were like, okay, it's coming only to like modern consoles. Mm -hmm. And then like years down the road, even put it out on switch because, or, or whatever Nintendo's console is at that point, because it seems like Nintendo is pretty well positioned right now. And that's if if they put out another portable console, like a lot of people are saying they might, then that's the perfect game to have on the go. Like any kind of persona game is so good on the go. Yeah. Um, but from what I understand, like they all take place in different universes. Again, I'm, I love persona a lot, but I am still very much like a, a newbie when it comes to, uh, yeah, I'm putting you on the spot with this and everything. big
1: question, to be fair. <laughs> I, I
0: understand. All I know is that Persona 5 Tactica, Persona 5 Strikers, and Persona 5 Royal do not appear to be canon. It, it seems that the true canon of Persona 5 is the original Persona 5. The rest mm-hmm. of it is just kind of like fun side stories that maybe don't take place in that universe. Um, which gotcha. sucks, because a lot of the new characters they introduce are really great. Like, I like a lot of the characters in Strikers and Royal, and so far what I've seen of Arena who's uh, one of the two main characters in Persona 5 Tactica. Wait, her
1: name's Arena.
0: Arena. E R I N A.
1: E-R-O, okay.
0: Like Aaron with an A at the end.
1: Okay, because Persona, the fighting name, is a, Arena. Like a proper, oh, a didn't even make that right? connection. <laughs> but it's spelled, it's a different name. It's spelled completely different, right? It is. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, they also have a, a bad guy named uh, Lady Marie, but it's pronounced Marie, even though it is M-A-R-I-E. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> uh, we'll go with that. But basically, the, uh, the entire story about Persona 5 Tactica is it takes the characters following the events of Persona 5, Again, no reference to Royal, no reference to Strikers. Uh, I did find a little bit of a an allusion to like, oh, this could be a vague implication of like, there's another story. Because they're like, they're, they find a character and they're like, oh, you know who the Phantom Thieves are? It's like, yeah, after your last adventure, of course I do. And like, they they just left it seemingly intentionally vague okay. to be like, oh yeah, that thing that we did in Royal or that thing we did in Strikers. <laughs> but it, who knows what they're it's actually referencing that, there. Um But it takes them and they're on a new adventure and basically they're in their, their coffee house that they base their operations out. They're just kind of chilling, like talking about like, Oh, what a shame. We're all going to be going off to school soon. And we're going to have to go our separate ways. And then like this event happens and then like they, they like the kind of the, the world shakes and they go outside and the entire world has changed.
1: Question. Are they in that chibi art style at this point already?
0: They are okay, they, okay. Th- this it's, game it's exists in the whole the game art style yes okay
1: cool cool Cool. that's what was curious so about.
0: they go outside and uh they're in like this kind of like weird like surreal i don't even know how to explain it but there's like legionnaires all over the place like these like old style soldiers that are uh they attack them and it breaks out into turn-based tactical strategy gameplay and uh you know you kind of just everybody has their persona that they can use. Everybody has a gun for like ranged attacks and everybody has, if you really want to get like up close and personal, they have a strong like physical attack, like a melee attack, but that's really risky in a strategy game because you're, you have no cover at that point and you're just completely exposed. So like, if you're going to do that, you better hope that it's either uh super effective, AKA critical, which means that it's going to, knock them down and give you a one more attack, which gives you another action in that turn, which you can move and then attack again or defeat that enemy altogether and not leave you open to attack from any other enemies. So I like that approach because usually it's like, oh, this enemy is like weak to gun, but I think that they're, they're uh, vulnerable to my melee attack, but, oh, is it going to leave me open to attack from that other guy that's over on the other side of the, the map? And there's always kind of like that risk reward that you have to balance And then there's also the persona aspect where, you know, everybody has kind of their own like elemental style attack where, you know, uh, Morgana has a wind based attack on has fire based and arena kind of has like a confusion based attack. It's almost like a psychic damage. And, um, you know, and she kind of acts almost as like, if you're not a persona fan, she kind of acts as like the the newcomer who fills your, like the shoes of the viewer of like, oh, I don't know what persona is. Like she, like one of the early questions is like, how do you get a persona? Like, should I have a persona? And like, you, you can answer. They do that thing where it's like, there's dialogue options, but no matter what you answer, like it may like have a different response from one of the NPCs, but then they just get right back on script. Like one of the answers you can give like, oh, what's a persona? How do I get one of those? And like, you can just be like, you just get really angry and yell. Because like that's what all of the cutscenes were. It was kind of a funny no, joke, um, where they get really like angry. angry and or, yell. yeah, yeah, they yell, and <laughs> it's, it's very much like going Super Saiyan, just to bring it back to a reference. Oh, you'll understand, yes,
1: Kyle. thank you. Right, you've heard of Goku? The we're, we're close friends, Goku and I. Goku
0: fan, <laughs> um, but yeah, like it it seems so far like a pretty solid turn-based strategy RPG. Um, the story has not really picked up legs yet as of what i've reached so far um that that lady marie is kind of like this giant pink lady in a wedding dress and you're she seems to be like the ruler of this first they're called kingdoms in this they were called palaces before um okay. where it was kind of like the the metaverse where you go in and like this like this distorted reality but you're like actually in like the the uh, the consciousness of like the target that you're going after this, mm-hmm. I don't quite know what the actual like reasoning behind like this distorted reality is, but like they call it a kingdom. I'm assuming there's extra kingdoms in in this world. Um, but she has like the, the way they described her is like she is in the perpetual state of preparing for the perfect wedding, which is a very weird thing. <laughs> and so she's always Tundras. in a wedding dress and she is enslaving all these people. She has the power to like mind control uh people so that's the first thing she does is she mind controls your entire party which is a very good excuse for them to be like okay you have to use these three characters and you have to rescue the other characters one by one so like first up you uh you rescue on An and futaba and we're not going to go any further in the story than that but like you know you slowly start rebuilding back your party um and you you get another new character in there uh but you know, they all have their individual powers. I'm getting to the point now where it's like, okay, now like I there's a skill tree that I can branch out on and see how how uh like I develop them using different um experience points that I gain. It seems like the experience is shared by the entire party, which I kind of like. So it's not gonna be like I have to go into this this encounter with like, you know, my my party of Morgana, Joker, and Arena. And never use on and then it's like maybe down the road there'll be a time where I have to use on in some sort of mission and it's gonna be like well she's completely underpowered it seems like the leveling is party wide so that's that's very nice and reassuring it's a nice quality of life thing yeah Um, I'm interested to see how distinct their skill trees end up being I'm still like kind of in the very very beginning stages of that Uh, and also it's interesting because like I'll have a character get downed and So far, I have not had the ability, at least not that I've seen, that I can, like, use items. And now, the Futaba, I haven't really used Mm. her abilities yet, but I know she has, like, some kind of passive healing abilities. Mm. Um, But, yeah, I'm still kind of getting a feel for, like, how exactly all the mechanics play in concert with one another. How they play off of, like, the core persona mechanics, implement them into the turn-based strategy uh, infrastructure, but so far, I'm having a really good time with it. I uh, I do like that they're they have a distinct take on kind of the all out attacks that the Persona series is known for. So in the RPGs, if you knock down all the character all the enemies with like critical hits, then you can <clears throat> you kind of rush up to them and you can either negotiate with them to get like uh, special like items or whatever, or you can do an all out attack, which is just a super powerful. Everybody in the party attacks at once. It's always a kind of like a Pre-rendered, cut
1: unskippable cutscene.
0: <laughs> thankfully, it's very quick. So it's not like a super long cutscene. Um, they did that in Strikers as well, which I, I thought was kind of cool. But with this, the way it works is it's all based on positioning. So you have three party members, and you have to form a triangle with those three party members surrounding a group of enemies. And if you do that, the lines connecting your party members will form like a flaming triangle oh, okay. and that signals to you that you can pull, I think it's the right trigger and activate an, uh, uh an all out attack. And then that does a pretty devastating damage that actually saved me in one of the encounters that I had where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to win this one. And then I got, I remembered that existed. I, I got into position like by moving a character in one direction. I'm like, Oh, awesome. Yeah. Great. Perfect. So do, um, do um,
1: if you, okay. So there's like XCOM over here. And maybe like rabbids over here, Fire Emblem and Final Fantasy Tactics is like somewhere on this line. Like where does Persona fall? Like what what is it like what like what is it the closest to, right? Like if you're a fan of this, Tacticas is, is for you.
0: I would say it's somewhere between Fire Emblem and uh Mario plus Rabbids. Like it's okay. it seems so far like it's grid based? It is. You, it's, it's one of those things where it's grid based, but you freely move and like you can run around the battlefield, like seeing like, OK, here are the limits of your movement. And then like when you go into like a position, it'll tell you, OK, you can attack this enemy with your gun or this enemy with a melee attack. So you But have not, there aren't time.
1: squares, though. You're not. Moving. They are square.
0: So you, you will they end are, up okay. in a square.
1: Um, okay, and okay, when, OK, when you do
0: a melee attack, one thing I do like is like when you do a melee attack, they usually go flying and then you step into the spot they were. So there are okay. healing squares, like, placed around the the field sometimes, and if there's, like, an enemy on a healing square, you can knock them out of it. They'll go flying backwards, and you take that spot. Right. So it's, it's kind of nice in the strategy of that uh, aspect of it. But yeah, it certainly feels closer to one of the more casual tactical RPGs than something like uh xcom which i also love i love xcom like i've had xcom 2 collection installed on my switch since it came out like that is one that i i will play forever like i i (laughs) i I think i bought xcom 2 on or xcom 1 on vita i believe it was on (laughs) and just because i was like like, oh i want this on the go and then i think xcom came out on iphone and i bought it there like a long time ago i'm sure it's completely broken with all the updates now I, i doubt uh axis or 2K or whoever ended up developing the the mobile version of that has been updating it after all the the innovations the iPhone has had. But um you know there's just a lot of uh a, a lot of great DNA between Persona 5 Tactica and the Persona 5 like the the base RPG brought mm-hmm. into it. And I like that. And the thing that I'm most excited about, which I don't know how much they're gonna get into it because like one of the key elements of the persona RPGs are the social links, right? Like you want to have these interactions with these characters. And then as you get to know them better, you unlock new scenes with these characters. They get more powerful because you have a stronger bond with them. They'll sometimes learn new attacks, new abilities. And I don't know how far they're going to go on this. I have a feeling not very far. It certainly seems like the, like you can have side conversations with the characters when you're back at the hideout but so far it seems pretty linear in terms of like okay. the interactions you're going to have, the cutscenes that are going to play. It's not like I at least not that I've seen so far. You can't just be like, "Okay, I want to take on out on a date and then we're going to get like closer because of that and then she's going to unlock like upgrades to her character." It just seems like you choose their skills based on the experience that you accrue as you play through it. There are also optional objectives, like don't get attacked more than three times in the course of this battle or finish this battle in seven turns or less. And then that Mm -hmm. I'm assuming gives you extra XP and all the characters obviously have unique abilities. Um, Arena just unlocked one where she like plants a flag and it's like kind of like a rallying cry for the team. So there's, um, there's a lot of cool stuff at play, and I'm I'm really really interested to see how it continues to evolve. We do as of the time this uh, this episode is live, we should have a review from a freelancer up on GameInformer.com. I am not the one reviewing it; I'm just checking it out for the sake of uh, talking about it on this podcast. But I'm I'm loving it, and you know, cool. I, I, if it continues evolving the way it has, I could see myself uh, considering it one of my probably top ten games of the year. But of course, there's so many games I have not even gotten time to to get to because uh, as the the catchphrase goes on this episode or this this podcast, with what time?
1: Yeah, I know. This whole year, man. It's insane. But yeah, does this sound like
0: something you'd check out?
1: Um you know, I've never found a tactics game that I really fell in love with, if I'm being fully honest. Like it's just not typically my genre. Like Mario Rabbids, I I played like half of both of them. Well, that's actually not true. I played half of the first one and like an hour or two of the second one. And my reaction was like, yeah, this is, this is charming and like well done and 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 cool, but it's just like I just generally speaking, I just I need a more active form of sort of engagement when it comes to sort of a versus like like even a turn-based rpg does more for me of just being like actively attacking um now that that said i i have it downloaded i always like to check in on these games i i think it looks cool i actually i actually kind of like the art style i know that's sort of been a point of contention of like Mm. the the original is so good right like but i don't i i'm always like totally in in any game that i love frankly like i'm all for like trying something different you know and maybe it hits maybe it doesn't but i'd like it to sort of have its own sort of style like strikers just sort of doesn't really it just is an extension of what persona 5 did so it doesn't really have as much of its own identity mm-hmm. um but so all of that is a roundabout way of saying like i would like to check it out i, I think my family is going to play it because everyone both my wife and daughter like persona a lot Uh, so i think they're gonna play it so i'll probably see a lot of it but yeah i don't know we'll see if i actually are you playing on switch are you playing on console
0: i am playing on switch and so i did a preview event that i talked about i think on this podcast i don't know there's there's a lot of episodes of this podcast (laughs) and i did that back over the summer and i played that on ps5 this one i've been playing on switch and i will say that the only difference that i'm really noticing is that the loading times going into battles and like if I skip like a, a dialogue sequence or something, cause I've accidentally done that a couple of times where I'll hit start by accident and it'll just like, it'll push Hopefully me But they weren't the saying anything important. And uh, it does take a little bit sometimes to get into a battle. Whereas at least during my demo session, it seemed like the transition was almost instant and that well, that's that's cool. just the benefit of the, uh, the SSD, right. That the PlayStation has, the switch does not. And Honestly, it has had me thinking that I that's my number one wish outside of like backward compatibility and like you know, still being a hybrid system and like better graphics and everything. Like, my number one want for a switch to or whatever it ends up being called is SSD because it just makes the load time so much better. I'm assuming that would help a lot with like some of like the the streaming problems that a lot of switch games have had like with like pop in and everything like being able to have a a, an ssd that integrates with the processor and, and wherever whatever it is that xbox has like touted like oh we've got a processor that takes advantage of the ssd and i think that if nintendo i mean look at look at how tiny those uh those SSDs are that you can install on your PlayStation five. Like they are very slim. Like, yeah, they're expensive though. (laughs) They're they're expensive, but not like prohibitively. So right. Like they're coming down a lot. Like I just bought a one terabyte one on my, my PS five to, to add in. And it was on sale on like Amazon for like, 60 70 bucks so i
1: i guess what I, the reason i even said that is because that's that's what nintendo is saying i think right it's like this would up the price too much but man i would rather have a a, a solid state than a than an oled screen myself
0: oh 100 <laughs> percent. yeah uh but yeah if you want to read more about either of the games that we talked about on this episode, go to GameInformer.com. We should have a freelancer review up of Persona 5 Tactica by the time this episode goes live. And Kyle, I'm assuming your Super Mario RPG review will also be live. So uh unless there's some
1: kind of disaster.
0: Well, I hope not. I hope yeah, you're okay. I, I, I
1: don't even want to, I shouldn't have said
0: that out loud. <laughs> but yeah, the review should be on the site. Uh but yeah, both these games are available today on Switch. Uh mario rpg exclusively on switch and uh persona 5 tactica is one of many or switch is one of many platforms for that game it's also available on playstation xbox and pc which by the way it uh, leaked a week early, a week and a half early on Steam very briefly.
1: Uh, oh, really? Somebody threw the Switch
0: time. early on Steam uh, last Wednesday, or I think last Wednesday, I, I woke totally up and saw... Solved... missed that.
1: Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so just a couple people grabbed it and they're already playing it. I, I think it was more that. than
0: a couple people. I don't know if, like, Atlas was able to, like, deactivate their purchase remotely, but I would imagine if they bought it and then, like, took Steam offline or something like that, they were able to just play the full version like, hey, do for it. whenever.
1: Take advantage of the mistake. What am I but, yeah. what am
0: I Kyle, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of All Things Nintendo
1: You're welcome, thanks for assigning me the Super Mario RPG review, Brian <laughs> I appreciate it
0: And thank you so much to everyone for listening Do me a favor if you haven't already, throw All Things Nintendo a 5 star review and hit that subscribe button If you want to get any questions or comments in you can get in touch with me at allthingsnintendo at gameinformer.com You can also join the Game Informer community discord which is a perk for subscribing to our Twitch channel even just for one month Kyle, plug something. Oh,
1: follow me on X. Follow me on X. (laughs) Do it. I don't know. Blue sky. I'm over there a lot, too.
0: All right. Well, that is our show for this week. Thank you all again so much for listening. Take care. We will see you next time.